In this month's episode of Table Tennis Talk, we talk about some of the biggest regional tournaments in the world with the Japanese Nationals, Pan Am Cup, and Europe Top 16 Cup. Also, the coronavirus has struck again, postponing the Asia Cup and threatening the Olympics. And finally, we talk about hitting to the corners and the correct way to wear a silver bodysuit while playing table tennis. But if you're weirded out by a silver bodysuit, you can always try a gold bodysuit instead. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Table Tennis Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Lewis, and here I have Joey Cochran with me. Hey, everybody. Joey, how's it going? It's going good. It's been a another busy month, like always, it seems like. Um, spent a lot of time uh, with Danny. Danny was here, as you probably know from our last uh, special episode of yeah, Table Tennis Talk. Bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been training a lot, um, getting ready cool. for the Olympics. It's like three weeks away I think yeah. um, so it's coming up really fast I've been yeah just training a lot practicing my serves during the day um, yeah during the day at work at your uh, work desk no yeah so I work <laughs> only a mile away from home so yeah. I come home for lunch every day and practice a little bit and that's awesome at nighttime practice a little bit of serves that's awesome yeah it's it's pretty nice being really close so. are, are you developing some secret serves or are you just working on the ones you already have uh, I'm just pretty much just working on the ones I have. Uh, for a while, I was practicing new serves, but at this point, it's just kind of too late. I just refining, um, just trying to keep them lower, faster, shorter. Cool, cool. How how have you been playing? With the um, training? pretty shaky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I was training yesterday, um, and just I feel like I'm just kind of thinking too much because I've been mm. working on different things where. I kind of just need to get, like, I just need to kind of solidify, I guess, my sure. game and not really not really try to fix my strokes because yeah, yeah. I'm kind of messing myself a l- up a little bit. So I'm just kind of, yeah, I, I'm a little bit shaky, but how I'm thinking. You, how do you keep from thinking when you're playing? Uh, that's tough. So <laughs> I have, like, a little bit of a hook in my loop where I'm trying to sure. clean that up. And, okay. like, I don't want to think about that. I just want to, like, I mean... After the trials, yeah, I definitely need to clean it up and, and fix it. Yeah. So I've been trying to go more forward for a long time with my okay. loop. And as I'm doing that, I'm starting to just kind of come around it a little bit. Hmm. So it kind of hurts me in backspins. But then, but right now is not really the time to fix it. So I'm, I'm still kind of thinking about that. And I, I just need to, like, get it out of my mind. So to not think is, is kind of hard. I mean, I need to focus on other things instead of my shots. Sure. That's kind of the way, you, yeah, the way I'd want to do it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I also, kind of a fun thing that we did actually just yesterday, I have some family staying at my house and he has one of those new GoPros with the stabilization on there. Oh, okay. And so he was up skiing and snowboarding and stuff because, nice. um, yeah. And afterward he came home as like, I put it on and I was playing him in ping pong from like this first person view. It was actually yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I've tried it in the past with other GoPros, but yeah. The stabilization, it's always so shaky. Right. So this with the stabilization is actually pretty nice and That's smooth. Cool. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Did it give you any insights into your, into 
playing or training or anything no not really at all (laughs) it's just kind of a cool first person view you should uh you should you should have somebody that you're training with actually wear it because then you can see what the opponent is getting from you that's a good idea especially on my serves yeah (laughs) yeah that'd be cool that's cool yeah how's your month been um yeah not not as not really too busy i wouldn't say not as busy as yours um i've I started training for a 5K, uh, which is, um, I was training for one last year and then I had something like kind of weird, started feeling something weird in my Achilles tendon. And so, um, I, I'd like kind of stopped and, and took a break. So now I'm trying to get back to it. Um, and that's been fun running not up to 10 miles a week yet, but running about six or seven miles a week. So. That has been good. I usually run on a treadmill and and watch um, anime <laughs> while I while I run because uh, it's like I I have trouble sitting down and watching anime because you have to watch it because you because I I like to watch it with subtitles so you kind of have to visibly watch it. And okay, I see. I I have trouble like sitting down and not doing anything and watching a TV show so. Um, right. do it when you're running then. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so cold outside right now. It's freezing. So. Oh yeah. The snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're both for listeners. We're, we're both in Utah and, and it has been like snowing probably half the month, I would say. Yeah. It's, so. and it's just been like windy and just kind of like a bitter cold. I don't know. We're yeah. up in the mountains and I was, I was washing my truck yesterday and like I did, I, I should have realized this, but I was I was at one of the like pull-in car wash things, uh-huh. and like I was spraying the soap, and I accidentally sprayed against the wind. Oh no! And the wind was so strong it blew all the soap back on me. Oh shoot! And then it's I mean obviously oh, blowing man. on you, so it's cold with oh, that wind chill. It was so bad. Yeah, it was. It kept trying to blow the uh, the wand thing out of my. Uh, it was horrible. I, I was just thinking, like, I know my wife would have told me, like, you shouldn't do that beforehand. And then I was like, she was so right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and the, the other thing I've been doing this month is um, my wife has been feeling kind of under the weather. So we've been um, hanging out and watching Terrace House. What is that? I don't, I don't know, know if I've ever mentioned Terrace House to you. I don't know what that it's is. It's a Netflix show, and it's a Japanese reality show. Where they take six, like, kind of young people and put them in a house. Um, But it's not like American reality shows where they just get in fights and go out and drink. And, like, it's just kind of like – it. I feel like American reality shows are kind of like the friends you knew in college or high school that you didn't really want to be around. But you were curious, like, what do they really do in their spare time? (laughs) And um, Terrace House is totally different. It's like – all of the people are very like respectful and they're legit. They're like actually trying to do things and their interactions are very, there's a lot of subtext and things are really subtle. And um, it's just like a feel good reality show. It's like you watch it. And is it in, is it in English or is it in Japanese? It's subtitled. Okay. Uh, so it is subtitled. Um, but they all, they all speak in English. Uh, okay. Sorry. They all speak in Japanese. Okay. Gotcha. But, man, it's so good. I mean, the season we're watching um, is already completed, but it's like 50 episodes. Holy cow. And it's then a long the, season. Yeah. For even how long are the episodes? 
They're like 30 minutes long. Okay. The good thing is people come and go in the season. So it's not the same six people for all 50 episodes. There's probably like, I mean, there's probably like 20, 20 different people who cycle throughout um, the whole time. Interesting. And um, anyways, that's another show that a lot of times is kind of hard to watch. But since we've been like, just like hanging out and not doing anything, it's been good to get through that and especially with the snow and how dreary things are outside. Um, having something feel good to watch is always good. <laughs> Sounds good. Snuggle up on the couch with some tea or something. Exactly. Watch some Terrace House. All right, let's move into some news. Um, we started a Facebook page. Uh, tell me about it. Um, yeah, so it's only been maybe a couple of weeks. I I put it together. Um, if you want to follow us, it's a table tennis talk podcast. It's on Facebook. Um, just kind of in addition to our Twitter or, um, yeah, I think that's all we have is Twitter, right? Uh, email. We'll have a website soon. We, we say we have a website, but it's like, okay. Yeah. We have a website. We've, we've purchased a domain. Yeah. So (laughs) in addition to our Twitter and our website, it's just kind of another outlet for, people to connect with us. I've yeah. gotten actually quite a few emails and messages since putting it up. Um, so it seems like it's a good way to, yeah. to, connect, to connect with our listeners. So if you're on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been good. We have maybe about 100 followers on there already. So That's great. Yeah, it's been so good. Follow us and message us on Facebook. Be cool. And then uh, how about that Dignix magic? Yeah, so Dignix 09C or 09C. Um, it's out, but it's not really out. The official release to the public is in April, April. I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but Oftrov is using it, and he's playing incredibly good with it. And Timo Bull is and, using it too. And Timo, yep, that's right. I wonder if um, if uh, Patrick Francisca is also using it. Have you heard or? It seems like a lot of the Germans are using it, so I haven't. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, bowl and definitely. Yeah, I think I think the. It seems so. So they released a little image that said of Trough and Timo Bowl, and I think Ling Gaoyan. There was like a third person. Um, okay. I think it was Ling Gaoyan. I may be wrong about that. Um, have already been using it in tournaments. Um, so yeah, of Trough, his um, he was sick. So he didn't actually play the Europe um, Top 16 Cup. But in the, I think it was the German Open, he actually did really well. Yeah, yep, in German um, Open. So, oh, nine, yeah, 09C, it's supposed to be spinnier. Uh, I think a little bit harder and spinnier. Yeah, I hear. I, I've heard that it's going to be, that it is, I should say, is, is more like a hurricane-ish. Cool. Um, but... I've heard a couple different things. I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm gonna have to get some when it comes out and yeah. give like a full review on it. So, so are you uh, are you gonna get it in April? Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> Maybe not in April, but at some point I will, okay. or at least I'll try it because I know someone will get it, and I don't yeah. know if I can justify a hundred bucks to. Because especially if it's like hurricane, where hurricanes what like twenty dollars or something. Oh really? Maybe, maybe forty if you get like a special one. Ah. Uh. But. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely try it. I don't know if I'm gonna buy it right away or not, but yeah, I'll yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna get it for my forehand. I, Are you okay? I've um, well, so I realized that uh, 
my rubber is almost going on a year that I've had it on. And so I don't play as much as you, but I don't know. I feel like it's probably getting towards when I should replace it. Usually, I mean, rubber, it can last quite a long time if you don't really play. It depends how often you play and how much you spin the ball. Right. So I've been playing about five hours a day usually. (laughs) And I think I've gone through, I think I'm on my sixth sheet of, I, I just bought my six, my fifth and sixth sheet of Dignics this year. So hold on, this year, twenty twenty. This twenty twenty, yeah. <laughs> so wait, you're replacing it that much? Yeah, it's dude. It's okay. a ton, but it's. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah I've been I bought six sheets of of Dignics in twenty twenty. Holy crap, that is a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and I don't after the trials, I'm gonna kind of scale back my training quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah. So unless I make the team and then obviously I'm going to keep training. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, I've been playing a ton and wow. so it's been wearing out pretty quick. Are you still using 64 on your backhand? 64 on the backhand. And that was part of the problem. So it's a little bit maybe misleading. So two of those sheets are on a spare racket that I haven't touched. Oh, okay. Um, so okay. I've gone through essentially four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, um, speaking of the Olympic trials, uh, they opened a new spot. Um, Previously, there was only going to be one spot available coming out of the Olympic trials, but it looks like now there's going to be two spots. Um, That's all I've heard. What have you heard about it? Yeah, so the way that it was set up was they were going to take the two top players for the men and the women um, world ranked players. World ranked. Okay. And then the trials were gonna. The winner of the Olympic trials will be the third spot on the yeah. team. Um, and then there was like a lawsuit um, saying that mm-hmm. that's not fair. Yeah. So and they. So basically, what happened was they said, "Okay, we'll take the top world ranked player, and then we'll we'll take the first and second place out of the Olympic trials." Which, in my opinion, is a way better way to do it. Um, the thing is with the Olympic trials, I've so I've been emailing. I've probably sent a dozen emails to different people to get information, and sure. it seems like they're just. I've gotten different answers like every single time, so oh, okay. it's been really hard to like figure out what the heck is going on. Hmm. Even after the like the prospectus and everything came out, right. I'm still getting like different different things. So this is the latest on the Olympic trials, um, and. I think it's got to be set by now. Like yeah. they, I mean, they, they, this should have been set like a year ago. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're what, two or three weeks away or something like that. And, um, yeah, just, I think it's set now. So, okay. yeah, everyone, Kanak is our top ranked man. Right. Um, so he'll be going and then everyone else will be playing for the final two spots. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And then for the women. Lily's uh, top ranked, right? Yeah. Lily is the top one. Yeah. Yep. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's, there was some drama there, which is yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> drama is cool. Well, this one was. So. <laughs> um, so the other, the last piece of news is um, I was I was putting together the events are up the upcoming events, and I actually saw that the Asia Cup had been canceled um, due to the coronavirus. Wow. Um, outbreak epidemic. I don't know what you call it at this point. Um, but the coronavirus virus event. <laughs> yeah, I, 
it's kind of a weird thing. Like the, you know, like the Chinese, they kind of like to keep their image and yeah. they're trying to like maybe downplay it. And then in America, we're just like blow everything out of proportion. <laughs> and like, I, I don't really know. Is it like really that bad or is it like, <laughs> what is going on with it? You know, I, I, so this is all uh, conjecture and no one should like quote us on this. But <laughs> I, I was reading an article because I was curious. I was like. Should I be stocking up food? Should I be worried about this? Like, um, a- apparently, it has like a two or three percent f- uh, mortality rate or fatality rate. Like, it only kills like two or three percent, and most of those are like old people or people who are weak or people who already had kind of something that this just kind of made it worse. Children. It sounds like it's really easy to catch. Like it spreads really easily and it spreads before there are symptoms. Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of like if it's killing people, like it it is killing people, but it's not – I don't know. know It's not as – I don't know. If you get it, you're not probably not going to die. If you're really concerned, you should look it up. (laughs) I kind of feel weird even talking about it on this podcast. It's it's not really our thing. But um, I can understand why they would want to – uh, postpone things where they're going to have thousands of people together in the same place because it would be easy to, to like to spread it. <laughs> yeah, one person in a there. stadium has it. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then even like you definitely don't want um, athletes to get it. You know, think about people traveling. Uh, I think it was supposed to be in Japan, but it's still like it's that whole region and a lot of Chinese. Pl- people spectators would be traveling to japan to watch that because asia cup is a big event and so yeah it would be uh you know an opportunity to man but now that i'm thinking about it what about the tokyo 2020 olympics yeah i've been asked about that too i think i think right now it's like okay we're in the winter time and the coronavirus is like it's like a flu you get flu-like symptoms and yeah. everyone kind of has the flu in the winter time so it's like do i have the flu or am i should i be freaking out should i have the <laughs> coronavirus like yeah I think it's just like the time of the year is just a bad time where come Olympics, it'll Mm -hmm. be, it'll have blown over. Man, I hope so. Cause I'm really excited about this Olympics and it'll be disappointing if it, something happens. Yeah, for real. There was a, uh, at the camp. So as I was setting up for the camp, so I, I ran a camp with Danny at the, at the Salt Lake club. And as we were setting up this, I opened the door and this Chinese family came and confronted me and was like, hey, can we play ping pong? And it's like, well, we've got to set up, but if you want to play for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes, like you can with the tables that are already set up. And then they like started like helping us with all sorts of things. And they they were like fresh off the airplane from China that day. And I was like, you better not give me the, this virus because like, like I don't want to be like discriminating against you, but like get away from me. <laughs> like, Did they fly there just to play ping pong? Is that- they, so it was our first time to America and okay. um, like, yeah, they, they had just, I think they were just on vacation or maybe they're getting away from the virus or yeah. I don't know what it was, but they were like, they were very like, fresh to America and the first thing they wanted to do was play ping pong and so they came to the ping pong club that's so weird (laughs) I feel like in some ways it's kind of you know they they travel across the world they get to Salt Lake I don't know why they're going to Salt Lake but and then they go to like I think the Salt Lake club is cool like from my perspective but I can imagine from like someone from China's perspective it's like a rundown like you know empty 
ping pong club and it's like why like this is kind of sad <laughs> yeah i mean you'd think i mean i've never actually been to china which is kind of weird but um the like i imagine there being ping pong clubs on like every street corner kind of thing. yeah <laughs> so, of course and yeah but i mean they were super nice and super helpful and everything but it was just like i don't know there's so much like hysteria going on around the virus yeah so for like, sure I don't know. anyway let's move on to the uh the japan nationals um you want to cover that for sure yeah so the japan nationals were um the middle of january and uh this is kind of it's something they do every year um and they uh they did it really early this year um because of tokyo 2020 they wanted to kind of get it out of the way so they kind of moved it i think normally it's in the fall so that makes sense yeah um it was kind of interesting i think japan right now their team at least their men's team is uh kind of there's there's a big changing of the guard going on because jun mizutani's like not really playing much anymore he's he's still playing some uh international tournaments but uh like for instance the japanese nationals he didn't even play um and kokiniwa is I don't know. You, he's he's just kind of you never really know what Kokini was doing. Like he did play, but he didn't do good. He um, got out in the quarterfinals. Uh, so the finals was interesting because first of all, you would think that Tomokazu Harimoto would be the one to take it because he's kind of Japan's rising star. He's a uh, number five ranked in the world, um, but he actually uh, lost in the finals to Yukia Uda who you uh, may or may not have ever heard of <laughs> because um, he is, you know, I guess Japanese B team, maybe not even that. Um, he's really young, uh, like Harimoto. He's 18. Um, Harimoto is younger than him. Uh, but um, he, they're on the same T-League team. They're on the Kenosha Meisters. And um, it was... It was a close final. It went to game seven. Um, it just seemed like Uda kind of like knew where Harimoto was going to be and always like um, ended up uh, playing it to his body and Harimoto was just out of position. I don't know. It was, it was a very kind of underwhelming final. Like I wouldn't say that there were any big points or any big upsets. It was just kind of like a close game and and I don't know. It, it it wasn't too too surprising. I also wonder with the um, national type type tournaments, it always seems like you get weird people in the f- semifinals and in the finals. Like people you don't see on the world stage a lot seem to do really well in the nationals. So it's kind of their chance to break through. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on the national team to win, and uh, there's a lot of guys that think they might like they deserve to be on the team and right. like have maybe a chip on their shoulder kind of thing and want to uh, okay. want to really show the world like what they're made of so yeah. i mean yeah it's it's nationals is always tough for for every country i wonder too if it's if it's almost like a different type of competition because they play a lot more together so with with yukia uda playing haramoto you said they're on the same. They're on the uh, same T League team, yeah. The Meisters, so they probably train a lot together. Right. When you train together, it it kind of changes the dynamic of the match. If it, even uh, if one player is quite a bit better than the other, a lot of times it's more of an even matchup if you train together. Right. So right. that could have played a part in it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I 
I had thought that they used to be doubles partners too, but I I must have been remembering that incorrectly because uh, I couldn't find anything about that. Um, yeah, and then in the women's singles, there was another huge upset. Again, you would think uh, Mima Ito being number three in the world would be in the um, would take it, but she and she actually took it last year. Um, she wasn't even in the finals. Uh, uh-huh. So Hina Hayata, who is her doubles partner um and they used to be uh let's see i think she was hina hayata went to the world team championships not last year but the year before um on the japanese women's team she actually won the whole thing uh and um she beat mima ito in the semifinals uh going to game seven and then she beat kasumi shikawa in the finals oh wow um and it was like, I always like, I always really like to watch Hina Hayata because she's very, she just has like a really powerful forehand. Um, and, uh, but what was really interesting in this game is she has like developed this like killer backhand loop, which she just is able to whip out and is, has, she was just like destroying Mima Ito with that. Um, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. And, and, I'm kind of glad to see her finally getting uh, some uh, good results or some better results. A few years ago, she was doing really well, and then she kind of, um, I don't know if she went back to training or or something, but um, she wasn't doing uh, too good. Um, Another interesting thing is in the semifinals, Kasumi Ishikawa played Honoka Hashimoto, who is a chopper. Um, And so I think it's, it's pretty interesting that choppers are doing so well in Japan. Um, seems like they've and, been doing really well just overall in the world stage. Yeah. Hitomi Sato is kind of the, almost who you would ima- have imagined getting to the semifinals. This was the first time uh, Hayata won the women's singles. Um, and uh, looking at the world, kind of her her um, uh, stats, uh, using that new fancy ITTF ranking page, um, Hayata had actually never beat Mima Ito or Kasumi Shikawa um, wow. in any world events. Like national events she may have. Um, and Ito isn't playing in T-League this this year, but she may have beaten um, Kasumi Shikawa in, in T-League. Uh, but in the world stage, um, she hadn't beat either. And I do want to say... Uh, you know, unfortunately, this is something that <laughs> that requires mention. But um, ITDF actually had a really awesome article on the uh, Japan Nationals um, from this Italian uh, coach, Massimo Costantini. Yeah, I love Massimo. Yeah, do you coach know Max? Him? Yeah. Oh, cool. I used to get. I used to take lessons from Coach. From oh, coach awesome. Max, yeah. So he he wrote a a really really good article. Uh, like really extensive um, talking about not just the event, but also the players who are all in the semifinals and um, really well written, really easy to read. Uh, and we'll, we'll put a link of the, f- to that article in the show notes. Cause it's really awesome. I don't know if you remember when we had Danny on, um, he said that to make it to the division one in the world championships, they had to beat Italy. Um, and I had watched those matches yeah. and he had beaten Massimo in because Massimo's from Italy, that, right. he was he was on the Italian team that year. And oh yeah! 
so they had to play each other and it was a really close good match <laughs> that's awesome that's cool yeah Okay, so um, moving on, after the Japan Nationals, at the end of January, there was a German Open, which yeah. was a big deal. I watched, I don't know, of all of the World Tour events um, in the, probably the last year, I've, I watched probably more of the German Open this year than, yeah. than any of the other tournaments. And I watched probably almost all the matches up until That's the cool. finals. It's usually a really good one. I don't know why, but... Usually everybody comes out for it. Yeah, well, Germany is like, I mean, they have the Bundesliga, so they yeah. have a lot of the best players uh, already playing in Germany. Oh, and, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's a platinum event, so all of the chop Chinese and the Japanese and the Koreans, are like everyone will be there. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was an awesome tournament. Yeah. A lot of big matches, a lot of pretty big upsets, um, and a lot of really close matches that I wish were upsets. Mm. Um, so I'm going to actually start on the women's side of it. In the first round, the round of 32, um, number one seed in the world, Chung Meng, was playing Sa Hyoan from Korea. And she, the, Sa was, was up and just had every opportunity to win this match and just barely lost. She was up three games to one. Mm. Uh, she had multiple match points and just couldn't close it in the sixth. Wow. And then she lost, she lost in the seven to, to the number one seed. And then, um, she's a chopper too. Yeah. She's a chopper. So I wonder if Chinese have trouble with choppers. Cause there's just not too many of them. That could be, I mean, after this tournament, I'm sure they're going to be playing a ton of choppers. Um, it seems like their choppers are kind of having a resurgence and the women's uh, side. Yeah, I think so too. And even on the men's with, um, there's a, there's a chopper from Greece who's very good. Oh, um, okay. I he starts with the G. I forget his name. Um, and also, yeah, choppers are kind of making, like you said, making a resurgence. And huh, it's cool because cool. I love watching choppers play. They're so yeah. much better, so much more exciting to watch. The points are a lot longer, and it's way more strategic. And I just, I wish there were more choppers. And sure, yeah. Another another chopper, uh, Paulina Mikolova from Russia, mm. was playing uh, Zhu Yuling, and um, it was a pretty exciting match. It was every game was pretty close. It went to seven games. Wow! And the uh, Zhu, Yu, I'm not sure what the uh, what the call was, but she had already gotten a yellow card for something. I didn't quite catch it. Oh. And then at ten nine, she got a red card. What? The Chinese girl got a got a red card, so it deuced it, and I I don't I couldn't figure it. Out. I I like you know how you can rewind it. I kept rewinding. I was like, what did she do? I couldn't uh, figure it out. Oh, okay. Um. So she got a red card, and it deuced wow. the match. And in the seventh game, and I was like, man, this is this is her chance to beat like a yeah. top Chinese girl. Yeah. Number one, formerly number one in the world. Yeah. And uh. Then she lost in Deuce in the seventh. Uh, it's like, man, two so almost close. big upsets, both yeah. from choppers. That this was round of thirty-two. Round of thirty-two. Yeah. So <laughs> China almost lost what two different Chinese women almost lost in the round of thirty-two. Um, both of them to choppers. Man, how would how bad would have that been for them? Man, pretty bad. Oh. So, yeah. So, yeah. I like I like cringe at the apology letters they would have had to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, so yeah, and then and the women's after that, like a lot of the matches were just 
there are so many Chinese people oh. players in it. So it was a lot of like China versus China, which uh. sometimes I'll watch them. I watched quite a few of them this time, but they're just not that exciting in my yeah. opinion. Um, I like watching two different countries go at it. Right. Um, so yeah. And then Mima Ito, she lost to Ding Ning in the quarterfinals, mm. I believe. Mm. Um, so it, it was kind of, it was hard to see cause there was in the quarterfinals, there were seven Chinese women and one Japanese, which Mima Ito and yeah. Mima Ito lost. So that yeah. was, that was kind of hard. And then after that, I didn't really watch. I, I heard the matches were just kind of not good. And, mm. um, so that kind of was a disappointment for me and probably most of the world. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun to see Mimi to either take it or at least get to the finals. Yeah. So who 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 took, who won? Cheng. So Cheng Meng ended up winning it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and I mean, almost losing in the first round and yeah, then going on to win it. Sometimes that happens. You you uh, just have a bad game or something. Yeah, and if you can break through and win those close matches, and yeah. then it just kind of gets easier. Um, oh, okay. From there, so and you kind of feel like you can beat anybody after losing or after winning one that you probably should have lost. So. Right. Um, so then in the men, the men's side, a lot of exciting matches there. <laughs> I the men's side was was really really exciting. Um, so uh, some of the notable ones. So in the first round, uh, Ju An from Korea almost beat Shu Shin uh, seven games. <laughs> Uh, I guess, I mean, the seventh game wasn't very close, but still going seven with Superman uh, was good effort. And also another almost Chinese thing is the Chinese, they always find a way to win. They always win in the end. Mm, and it's just, yeah. it's so frustrating. Like <laughs> you think you got them on the ropes. You do have them on the ropes and <laughs> they just, they find a way. Like they're yeah. just, they're, they're so like mentally sound and yeah. physically like, they just find a way, and and Anjay Hyun's the one who he made it to the semifinals of the world um, championships. I think so, yeah. And that's nuts. Yeah, and I mean he had a pretty rough draw playing Shu Shin in the very first round. Yeah, but it's always like he he got so far, and then you didn't hear anything about. I think like the next tournament he got out in like round of 128 or something like. Oh, he just kind of, so he probably just had a really good tournament. He just then, had a really good. I mean, it it was the tournament to have really good, but um, but he almost beat Shushin. I mean, like that's that's still that's pretty awesome. That is awesome, or pretty awesome. <laughs> I wish you did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so another couple uh, exciting matches. Um, actually, I'll go to Patrick Francisca. He's he was my prediction to be the top German uh, after the German Open. Right. I almost just want to like write Resend that one off. I'm, um, he lost in the first round to Mizuki Oikawa from Japan. Um, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that loss. That's. I mean, I've never heard. I mean, I've heard this. I've heard of this guy, but I've never really seen him play. He's probably not even. He's probably one of the last seeds in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, he might be, but he's. Mm, that's tough. He, yeah. Nice. I think all Japanese players are just like the kind of the Chinese players. They just kind of play. They have almost like a different level that they play on. And so, you know, Francesca's, you know, in the like the third best German player. But, you know, when he gets a surprise Japanese player, it might be pretty tough to, to adjust. Yeah, he probably didn't have a whole lot of scouting done on him where the other way around is 
I mean, Francisca's kind of made a breakthrough, so. You know, Francisca might have been playing with that new Dignix 09C. Yeah. And trying to trying to adjust to it, you know, with the new uh, with the new spin on it and, you know, just kind of miscalculated. Could be, for sure. <laughs> um, another, so this is at the German Open, so a lot of the German players played pretty well. Um, a guy named Benedict Duda, yeah. who I'd never heard of before, um, he played he beat uh, Matthias Falk uh, mm-hmm. in the round of 32 and then in he beat him 4-3 so very close match uh, and then he played uh, Zihao Zhao from China right yeah and was <laughs> he was up 3 to 2 and China found a way 11-8 in the 6th 11-8 uh, in the 7th China wins um, but another just awesome match to watch if you yeah. if you get the chance you should definitely watch that one um, man, so many good ones. Uh, Jun Misitani had a good tournament. He beat Lin Yunju from Taiwan, the silent assassin, yeah. 3 2. Wow. And then he played Lin Gao Yen, lost 4 3. Another mm. very close match. He watching it, he should have won that one. That's really impressive, though. Misitani hasn't been doing so good and to get that close with Lin Gao Yen. That's pretty amazing. Not only that, but he. <sighs> He blew it. <laughs> like, yeah. He he should have won it. Jap- Japan had a little bit of a rough tournament, in my opinion. Like I mean, Jin Misitani played great, yeah. and so these these tournaments. Part of the reason why um, it was such a big tournament is because a lot of the countries are kind of doing what the U.S. is doing, or maybe the U.S. is doing what a lot of other countries are doing, where the top ranked player at the end of uh, February yeah. is. Um, or I should say at the beginning of February, is an automatic bid to the Olympics. Oh, right. Okay. So cool. The, uh, Everybody's trying to pump up the ranks. Exactly. So Jun Misitani had a lot to gain on this. Um, yeah. And kind of going back to the women, why part of the reason why there was a little bit of drama with the, the with between Lily and uh, Yu Wu from the U.S. is they were, they're pretty close in ranking. Right, yeah. So whoever, basically whoever had a better tournament at the German Open will be on the Olympic team. Yeah. And whoever is ranked higher, so um and then whoever isn't, then they have to go to the trials, which um, there's a lot of tough players in the trials. I yeah. wouldn't want to if I was one of them, I would not want to play in the in the trials because right. there's there's, there's a, lot a of, chance you could get knocked out. D- absolutely, yeah. for sure. So they both made it to the same round, so they they're basically the rankings stayed the same. Uh, uh so um Lily squeaked it out. <laughs> man, that's really tough. Yeah. Uh, so another exciting match, uh, Kanak had to play Kokiniwa in the round of 32. Yeah. And I've been waiting to watch this match. I was, I've always thought like that'd be a great matchup for Kanak. I think that yeah. he could take him. Um, but Kanak, Koki did what Koki does. Like he, he just took him out of his rhythm completely. And you can see Kanak, Kanak is he, I've never seen him get flustered before. And even as I was watching the match, huh. I was watching with Danny and we were talking about like, he's got such a good mind. Like he's like, can I, or Koki changes the pace and makes you feel like you're missing shots where you shouldn't be missing. And right. he's just a very difficult player to play. And it actually got to Kanak. We were talking about it. And then all of a sudden, like there was one, at one point Kanak like kicked the ball or, or hit it into the barrier or something. And I think he got a yellow card for it. And I've, I've never seen Kanak get a yellow card or yeah. even anything close. Like he yeah. never gets flustered. So Koki, it, I mean, it was, it was a close match. It was four, two, but there was, there was just too much variation. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, there were a couple. There was one game that Canuck let slip where it kind of just made the difference in the match. I think, and I think it was the second game Canuck was up one zero, and then he almost went up two zero. And at that point, you can it doesn't really you get more relaxed. So mm. all that change of pace and mm-hmm. off the bounce hitting that Koki does is you can kind of it's easier to adapt to it if you're more relaxed. So once it was one all, then it got tight and Canuck went down and just it got a little bit ugly. So. Mm. Um, but Koki had a great tournament too. So after beating Kanak, which in my opinion is a good win for Koki because sure, um, Kanak is playing very well. Um, the uh, he played Lin Gaoyun, and he had I want to say like four or five. I think it was five match points, and he he lost four three. China <laughs> China wins again. Um, that was that was really hard to watch. And if he would have won that. He would have played June. He would have played June Mitsutani in the quarterfinals. Oh wow! So Japan, Japan quarterfinals. Yeah, and instead it was June Mitsutani playing Lingoyen, yeah. and Lingoyen squeaked that one out barely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was tough. Wow. Um, a couple more matches to cover. Uh, so Harumoto played uh, Zhuang Jiuen from from uh, Taiwan. Oh yeah. And. I I always I never knew how to say his name. I always called him Chian Chuan, like the Chuan man. <laughs> um, and he used to be my favorite player he, he, when I was growing up because he hits everything right off the bounce. Yeah. Um, and just he has so much power and he can counter loop anything. He's kind of a shorter guy. Yeah. And he's just yeah he's just fun to watch because he just rips everything right off the bounce. And he's kind of changed his game quite a bit in like the last ten years. He used to be yeah. ranked number three in the world. Yeah. And, he came to the U.S. Open a few times, which is really fun oh, to wow. watch him play. Cool. Um, so he beat Haramoto in the first round. Dang. And then he played Oftrov in the next round and almost beat him, but Oftrov had an awesome tournament. Um, mm. So Oftrov won that match, and then he played Fen Zendong in the next round, and he was down ten. He was down three games to one and 10-7 against Fen Zendong, and Oftrov won that game and then won the match. Like, finally China loses a match, a close <laughs> match. Um and that was right after Fen Zendong played Timo, who also played very well against him. And yeah. he lost 4-2, but it was a pretty close match and a really exciting match. Um, and it was really good for the German Open to have a German uh, in the semifinals because that put sure. that put Oftrov in the semis against Ma Long. Um, <laughs> but if, if he hadn't won that, it would have been Xu Xin versus Lin Gao Yuan and then Ma Long versus Fen Zendong, which, I mean, those are all going to be good matches to watch but yeah i like to have some diversity in there yeah especially sure. the german open having a german in there was, that's really cool yeah it was exciting it was so. that that dignix magic man yeah 09c yeah so he was playing that 09c and i think this was the first major tournament since ofroff um switched to butterfly too i think it is yeah and he played incredible so that, good so. yeah you can see it really really helped him yeah so who who won between um in the final there so Ma Long beat Oftrov and Xu Xin beat Liu Gaoyan, yeah. and then Xu Xin won the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I swear if it's not one Chinese guy, it's another, and they're just like, they just show their dominance, like, yeah. I've got this in the bag, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like it's it's always kind of fun still to see Ma Long in the finals, so I, I really, it's, I see some players and they're, they're, their uh, careers are kind of you can tell that they're really sunsetting that they're kind of 
um, that their ranks kind of going down and they're not playing as well. So it's and that's always really sad to see. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool to see Malong still up there, just doing incredibly. So right around the same time as the German Open um, was also the the World Team Qualification. Um, you want to cover that, Ryan? Yeah. So this was for the Olympics. Um, there were going to be uh, nine teams for the men and women's that will qualify out of there. There were uh, thirty team. There were around thirty teams competing for each spot, and um, I don't know. This this kind of wasn't one to watch. Honestly. Oh really? Okay. So, so the reason, so going into it, I didn't I I didn't quite understand everything how it worked. But basically, the way that this worked was there were two stages. There was a first stage that had all I guess all like thirty or so competing, and then the teams that won the winners of the round of sixteen. So there'd be eight of them they qualified. Okay. So they stopped playing. And then for the losers of the round of 16, they did a new draw and did a second stage and then did a single elimination tournament to get a single winner from there. So nine Uh in total. Okay. Um, But like, there's something about a single elimination tournament when they're, when they're like competing for ninth place. That is not just not very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is to make the Olympic team though, right? It so, is to make the Olympics. At least there's something at stake. So Yeah, there is something at stake, but I mean like I don't know. I I just wasn't wasn't uh that impressed. It was a really low budget tournament. Like it was there was hardly anybody in the stands. Um the tables they were playing on weren't even like good tables. Um Really? Yeah, it was just kind of I don't know. It was kind of sad to watch. I should have um, gotten into that trials too, and maybe <laughs> sneak some upsets in there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, not much to talk about. Uh, Great Britain and Hong Kong were knocked out, both strong teams, and that was kind of surprising. Um, which means they won't be competing at the Olympics wow. in the uh, team event. I, I, I think there may be a chance. I, I'm not actually sure about the singles, like. Uh, individuals going to the Olympics, but uh, at least for the team event, they um, those teams are out. Gotcha. Um, women's side, there weren't any surprises. There weren't any upsets that I could see. It it, it all just seemed like pretty pretty standard. So, um, yeah. So that's over. Okay, <laughs> that's about all I can say about that. That's all right. Uh, but we've got there. There are two cups that are kind of going on. As we speak, um, one of the ones that I'm the most interested in is the Pan Am Cup. Um, so you've been watching that, right? Uh, I've watched a little bit of it. Um, it's I've, I actually haven't watched the matches. I've just been keeping up on the scores. Mm. Um, it's being live streamed on YouTube instead of on ITTF mm. if you want to watch it. So a um, little bit of an upset on the men's side. Uh, Kanak lost to Gustavo Tsuboy uh, mm. from... Uh, Brazil in the semifinals. It was a close match, four three. Um, I I'm kind of bummed about it because uh, the finals will likely be against. It's going on right now, so the finals will likely be against Hugo Calderano, which he almost beat at the World Cup. And mm-hmm. I I would have liked to see a rematch there, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's not meant to be, I guess. So um, uh, yeah, so it'll be. Uh, Gustavo Suboy and 
I mean, the match hasn't been played yet, but it'll probably be Hugo Calderano. He's playing Marcelo uh, Aguirre, who's from Paraguay. So. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, not. I don't see Hugo losing that one. It's probably yeah. a massive upset. Uh, on the women's side, uh, Lily is in the finals right now against Adriana Diaz. Cool. Uh, from Puerto Rico. Um, should be a good match. I kind of think Adriana's probably going to win that one. That's my prediction, but yeah. it could be a close match. Uh, Diaz played Wu Yu in the semis, um, and it was 4-2. So, I mean, Lily can definitely win that match. I think that she's a little bit of an underdog, though, if, mm. I, had to, if I had to put money on it. so. I mean, world ranking-wise, she is because um, Adriana's in the top 20. Is she? Okay. But Lily kind of ended the year, ended last year so strong. Um be awesome to see her continue yeah i mean and she is playing really well she won the u.s open like a month yeah. ago or two months ago so yeah. she's playing really well and she had a good world cup um so i mean lily definitely has a chance to win that it just i mean it's gonna be a tough one we'll see yeah, yeah so that's going on right now but by the time we post this podcast it'll it'll be long over so yeah i think they play in like an hour from now so yeah um, the other tournament, the other cup that's going on right now is the Europe uh, Top 16 Cup, and um, it actually ended like five minutes before we started the podcast. Yeah, a lot of matches, a lot of big tournaments going on. <laughs> I was as watching we talk, it while, so. while I was setting stuff up, um, and uh, Timo Boll took it. Nice. It is his seventh uh, Europe Top 16 Cup for him to win. That's pretty incredible. He won his first one in 2002. That's like 18 years ago. I think it's like, I don't know that anyone, anyone has had like kind of the, the breadth of career that he has had. Um, at least in modern times, I don't think there's anybody, um, similar because he is just, he's still so good. I think the only person I can think of is maybe Samsonov, but even Samsonov is not doing nearly as well as Timo, so... Yeah, I don't know that Samson... I mean, Samsonov was definitely in the top, but, like, I feel like Timo was always, for a large part of both of their careers, Timo was a little bit better than Samsonov. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Um, so, these these cups, the Pan Am Cup, the Europe Cup, um, these are um, cups that are trying to qualify for the world cup at the end of the year. So the champion from each one of these, um, men's and women's will go to the world cups. Cool. And, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll go through. So on the men's side of had was sick. And so he was not, um, he was not actually even playing, which was, uh, it's kind of disappointing, but too bad. Um, uh, Timo Boll on on the on his way to take the whole thing, he took out um, Liam Pitchford, which is he's one of my favorite players. Um, it was a close game, but well, actually, it wasn't that close. It started off really close, and then Pitchford kind of lost it. But um, that was interesting. Samsonov, he got knocked out in the first round. Oh man, um, he actually at the, the he was playing with Belarus at the Olympic trials, and he had a hard time. He lost all his matches I believe as well so that's that's kind of the thing that makes me sad to see if there, he's actually his career is actually sunsetting um, I wonder if he'll go into coaching considering he's probably one of the best Belarusian players of all time it wouldn't surprise me I mean I would 
he could probably pick up anybody great... who wants to be a good tabletop player. Like yeah. you could take lessons from him. Like yeah, it's... yeah. Um, the <laughs> when I was when I was writing these notes, uh, the semifinals, I felt like it was the battle of the old dudes and the who nows. <laughs> so <laughs> on one side we have um, Timo Boll, who's thirty eight. And Robert Gardos uh, from Austria, who's 41. So, like, two who who he's kind of he's kind of past his prime at this point. Um, Timo's definitely not, but that was kind of like the old dudes. And then on the other side of the semifinals, we had Darko Jorgic from Slovenia. He's number 39 in the world, and Tomislav Pukar, number 32 from Croatia. <laughs> Um, both of those players were towards the bottom of the seating and uh, like, I've heard the names, but I've never really seen them play, seen anything to kind of distinguish them. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool to see them in the semifinals. Um, Tomasov Pukar, have, have you ever seen him or do you remember seeing him play or anything? Mm-mm. I know that Darko played in the German open. He was, uh, June Misitani beat him in the first round four straight. Uh. So. I had never really heard of him though, and, so and the other guy no either. Tomislav is six six. He's a six, giant. Six? Are you he serious? Is huge. I was watching him play. I mean, he like takes the whole table up, like just from his size. Oh my gosh! I was watching him play, and he was just—he's just so huge. His waist is above the table. <laughs> I mean, like the dude. Even when he's crouching down. Yeah, and and um, so so anyways, so uh, between uh. Obviously, Robert Gardos uh, lost to Timo Boll. Um, Darker Jorgic uh, beat Tomislav Pukar. Again, Darker Jorgic from Slovenia. And then um, Timo beat him in the fifth in oh, the wow. final. But, I mean, for, for a while there, it was looking really close. Jorgic, I've never really watched him play, and he was just playing so good against Timo. Um, it was really, really impressive. Um it was also kind of interesting because Jorgic was playing with a Timo Boll blade. Um, <laughs> I could, love that. You could tell when when it kind of zoomed in on his serves, like he's 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 got the Timo Boll blade, yeah. which I think is always a little interesting. <laughs> you're playing with the person. You're yeah. Yeah. Um, on the women's side, there were there were uh, definitely some upsets. Uh, Bernadette Socks, who um, a couple of years ago she had won the. Um, the cup. She actually was knocked out in the first round. She also had a tough Olympic trials. The Olympic trials was, um, just like a couple weeks ago. So, uh, she had lost all of her matches when the Romanian team was playing against India. So I don't know. She just might be having a tough time of it. Uh, the semifinals had the last year's gold and bronze, uh, winners, Patricia Solia and Sofia Polkanova. Um, but, uh, Brit Ireland, who is from the Netherlands, she was the number 10 seed. She beat Sofia Pokonova and then met Patricia Solia in the finals, which is another kind of pretty big upset. Um, she had also beaten Bernadette Sox earlier. Oh, wow. Um, she's good. She's very, very good. I've seen her play a few matches and yeah, yeah, she's good, but she hasn't really done like much, especially, I mean, being the number 10 seed like that's kind of it's towards the bottom uh-huh. um 
but yeah, she was playing exceptionally. Um, she did, uh, Patricia Solia did beat her, um, and she, she was actually won it last year, uh, the Europe cup. And so she won it again. I think she's won it a few more times, but, um, it was, it was actually the really good matches. Both players played really well. Uh, so it was pretty exciting to see. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's do a quick who's who. Uh, Joey, who who is who is who you're talking about? Yeah, so uh, I talked about, about him a little bit already. Um, kind of covered it with uh, Zhuang Jiyuan, um, the Xuan man uh, <laughs> from Taiwan. Uh, just he he's kind of been around for a long time. I think in like 2004 when he was when he hit his prime. Uh, at number three in the world, but he he just barely beat Haramoto. Uh, he almost beat Ofchrov at the German Open, and he's he's kind of hit a new high. It seems like I mean he's he's playing out of his mind and um, yeah, playing really well. So keep an eye on him. He's he's an awesome player to watch. He just whenever his counter loop is my favorite because he can just he's small enough and he plays so close to the table that when people loop to him, he just like rips it right off the bounce. And I just, I love seeing that because not very many people can do that. <laughs> yeah. He's 39 right now too. Yeah. He's, crazy. he's getting kind of older. Um, but he's, I mean, he's still a, a really good player. He came to the LA open, um, in Los Angeles, the LA open, uh, I want to say like three years ago when I was there, um, And I almost got to play him, and I I ended up losing (laughs) round before or something. Like I really wanted to play him because he was like one of my like favorite players growing up. And then, yeah, didn't work out. Uh, That's too bad. He's he's been playing in T League this year. Yeah, he plays on the Astita team, um, and he's actually uh, he's um, he's won eight of his matches and lost four. Wow, so he's doing really good. That's that's really good. In T League, it's like almost every match is dead even. It seems like so to be yeah. eight and four, it's that's good. Yeah, and they've actually been. It, it's interesting because the teams always play some players more than others. Um, and he he has played the second most matches of any of the players on Estita. Oh, uh, wow. okay. Juse Hyuk has played the most. <laughs> okay, <laughs> another older player. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. Um, Let's talk about the T League. Speaking of T League, yeah. yeah. So, so T League is a is wrapping up. Uh, there are fourteen more matches between now and and February sixteenth, uh, which is just seven more days, um, and then that's that's the end of the season until the final, which is March fourteenth, um, which will be the official end of the season. Um, in terms of rankings, uh, the women's side things are kind of. Uh, I feel like they're almost settled. Red Elf has pulled out a really... Uh, <laughs> I love these names, Red Elf. Red Elf has pulled out a, um, a kind of like a commanding lead. I, I would be surprised if anybody took over them. Um, Red Elf has Hina Hayata, who just won the Japanese Nationals, and Miyu Hirano, who's the number three woman in Japan. Um, Kinoshita Abiel is second, and also kind of like a pretty solid second. Um they have uh, Kasumi Ishikawa and the Miyus, the uh, women's double team who won the uh, World Tour Grand Finals with both the same first name, Miyu. <laughs> um, 
And um, so it's probably going to be them in the final, uh, Red Elf and Kinoshita Abiel. So um, on the men's side, things are much more uh, everybody, the top three teams have a, almost the same score. Um, the Meisters only have a two-point lead over TT, Saitama, and Estita. Um, the Rivets are pretty pretty bad in last place, so I, I don't see that there's really any way they can catch up, which is really unfortunate because they've got some really cool players on their team. Um, it's I, I predict it's going to be the Meisters and Estita in the final I will say, watching some of the matches... That'd be, that'd be actually be a pretty good finals because I mean, you got uh, the Schwan man against uh, yeah. Harimoto again. Yeah. Uh, you have Ju and you have um, the the Chinese chopper. Yeah, uh, Ho Ying Chao. Ho Ying Chao. Yeah. So those would actually be probably some pretty good matchups. I, I think so. I, w- I would love to see them. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I noticed is uh, Wang Chengting who is from Hong Kong, a pen holder, used to be in the top 10 in the world, um, was lost to Masataka Morizono, who's a really good player, but is definitely not like on the same level as Wang Chengting. And I remember um, it was a few months ago Wang Chengting was playing Shushin in the T2 Diamond and like tweaked his... He like landed on his ankle and his ankle kind of give gave out. Um, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and he he forfeited the rest of the match, and I was kind of worried because he he's an older player as well, and I I feel like when you get injured, and, you know, kind of that that late stage in your career, it could potentially end your career. And um, seeing him play pretty poorly uh, in the T League and in the Olympic team trials again, um, that's a bummer. I get really worried. I get really worried. That sucks. Yeah, you don't usually hear of too many injuries with ankles and stuff in table tennis. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes like the shoulder or you hit your hand on the table or something, but right. Usually not in like the the ankles. That's kind of. But if he's moving and he rolls it, like yeah, 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 you can't really do much about that. I feel so. like just like watching him play. He he's like super dynamic, and so uh, I don't know if it it has to do with um, with how he plays, I he's a left-handed pen holder, so I'm not sure if that has something to do with it, or if just like I don't know, maybe he gets out of position a lot more. But like he definitely, you you definitely see him kind of like leaping like uh, back and forth um, to from side to side a lot, maybe a lot more often than you do other players. He like has to reach a lot. Well, he's got that big forehand, and as a pen holder, yeah. you gotta you gotta have that forehand, and you gotta yeah. get it in as often as you can. So he's gonna have to move quite a bit. Mm. So mm. if he has a hurt ankle, man, that's gonna I know it's definitely I gonna hinder his. I hope his that's not it so. for him. Um, so I updated the YouTube playlist. I <laughs> so I tried to set up like an automatic updating search query uh, for the playlist. It totally didn't work. I don't know why. <laughs> YouTube is like a bucket of mysteries. You know, I think that's basically the best way to describe it. So um, who knows? So I went back. I realized I hadn't. it hadn't been updated since October. So if you are interested, it's been updated. There are like 60 videos in there, uh, which are digests. Each video is a digest of a match in T-League. I'll keep it updated until the final. So if you want to go back and see kind of the highlights of all the matches um, from this season of T-League, uh, that'll be that'll be there in that YouTube 
playlist. I'll link it in the show notes. So cool. I'll check for that for sure. All right, Joey. So you are in the corner right now. And so you're going to, uh, like literally Joey is in the corner of the podcasting room. So we're going to do the Joey's coaching corner. This is literally Joey's coaching corner. You're always in the corner. I just realized you're in a literal corner and we're talking about your coaching corner. Maybe I should turn around and put my nose in the corner. This is great. In punishment mode. No, you don't have to do that. I'll I'll do it after after you do it. Okay. Because I'll be the one that'll have to be punished. So, right, what do you so, got? Here? Actually, speaking of corners, so often, like when I'm watching people warm up, or when I'm coaching, it, it it a lot of the players, a lot of people out there, almost everyone, um, in especially in the beginning stages, they always go like down the middle when they're going like forehand to forehand counters. Um, so. You mean what, like the two minute warm up? Yeah, like in the, so when you, the top players and anyone maybe over 2,300, 2,200 yeah. should definitely be going into the corners. But when you're warming up, you got to, you got to try to play into the corners okay. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But I mean, one is because the corner is the longest distance. Okay. Um, so that's an, that's an easy one. So, but it's also the early position. So if you can, if you can get ready for that early position, then you can easily go to the the late position to the middle or an even later position down the line. But if you're if you're always just kind of hitting to the middle of the table with your forehand counters, like, I mean, it, if you kind of start thinking about it, you'll realize that it's you that I'm talking about. Like, if you're going, if you're warming up and you're hitting to the middle, like, mm. you got to fix it. So mm. hitting the corners the longest distance, it's also the early position. Early and, position, you mean when you're, like, you're... You'll have to get like a. You'll have to hit it early. Earlier, yep. Yeah. Okay. So and also it when you can hit that corner, it it widens the table up. So if you're playing a mm-hmm. match and you're just hitting kind of down the middle, or you're never really hitting those corners, or yeah, if you're really never hitting those corners, then the the player never really your opponent really never has to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it kind of widens the table. And also if you're going to that corner, and and then you get an early one, then you can take it even wider and break the side, which is a huge advantage if you can mm. just kind of widen that table. So when you're warming up, especially aim cross court, like forehands down the line or forehands cross court or backhands cross court, make sure you're hitting them into the corners. So yeah. I, I've been teaching a long time. I teach can, uh, clinics every Saturday um, and just kind of watching. Um, and this is something that Danny actually brought up to in the camp when he was out here. Um, is like people are all hitting to the middle. <laughs> like what the heck is wrong with people? <laughs> so um, if you're out there listening and you're you're trying to get better, make sure you're going into the corners, especially in warm-ups. And then when you're playing matches, it'll kind of open that up, that possibility up for you in matches too. Cool. So Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's time to come out of the corner. All or right. Get in the corner. For you're out of the corner. You don't have to be in the corner anymore, Joey. Weird world of table tennis. <laughs> Let's get weird. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, today's uh, today's another pretty weird one. Um, it comes. Uh, I feel like a lot of ours come from Japan. <laughs> Part of the reason is because Japan's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But also, like, I, because I understand some Japanese, it's it's a little easier to get to the weirdest because a lot of the weirdest things don't don't really get translated and aren't really don't really come over here so that, that might be a good thing <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so so there's a YouTube channel. We're gonna link it in the um, the show notes. It's called Taku Common, which means masked ping pong, um, which is a, a little bit similar to Common Rider, which is a popular Japanese um, Sentai show. Which uh, Sentai is like if you've ever seen the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers are a Sentai show. It's like these these superheroes who they're normal people and then they do transformations and then they like fight large monsters over fake cities and it's just two guys in a in latex c- costumes like like doing some like fake martial arts moves. Um, but Mass Rider is huge. It's so huge that when Amazon Prime made their um, push into Japan, they had the um, the people who make the common um, writer show make a common writer specifically for Amazon Prime? Like it's that it's that kind of like level um, in Japan. So so uh, these guys uh, made Taku Common, which isn't which is like you know a riff on Common Writer, and um, I found it because T League had a promo at some point a few months ago that was. They were kind of, I guess, anointing some YouTubers as kind of like, look at these cool YouTubers doing interesting original content on on ping pong. Um, and I was looking at the at the group because it actually had little photos. And one of them was like, one of the people was decked out in a complete silver bodysuit. So silver bodysuit with a silver mask underneath kind of the the hood. So it was just like completely silver. And I was like, what is this? And so I went to the YouTube channel and it's basically two or three uh, people. I'm assuming they're guys just based on kind of their body. Yeah, the build and the the body because they're in these body suits. Um, Doing weird ping pong related things in these full there's a there's a silver guy there's a gold guy and then there's a red guy <laughs> just like a full bodysuit man i can't imagine the full bodysuit yeah <laughs> even and, just like wearing a mask for halloween or whatever like i get so sweaty just doing nothing like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it, one of the most recent videos they did was the um the uh takyu common diet so it's the masked ping pong diet and it um it it basically has little segments of of them doing drills so like you know uh like three point four hand drill and um I, I can't remember all the others but yeah when i was <laughs> when i was when we watched it together and it was like just imagining so much sweat it's like a sweatsuit um and uh so it's it's really bizarre. I, I some of the other ones. Let's let's let me think. Some of the other ones are uh, they try to do um, they try to do serves and get the balls into like cups and things, and then they act really weird when when when, when they, they get it when they get it, and then they do um, they do giveaways. I don't really, I don't really like. I don't know who they're giving things away to, but they they have a Twitter channel that's a little more active than their YouTube channel, um, and so it's it's really bizarre. I, and I I did a little more research. It there's a um, there's a table tennis club in Yokohama called Anchor Table Tennis, and that's actually where they do it. So I'm assuming some of the guys who run the club 
um, do it as kind of like a, a fun way to to get people interested in ping pong. But um, it's really weird. Like it's <laughs> some of the videos I, I watch and I'm like, why was like why is this even a video? Like who 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 is going to take their time to to do this? But um, it's really fun. Uh, check it out if you want to see something that'll make your day. Um, I've seen a little. I've seen clips of it. You showed me, I think, yeah. like a week or two ago, and yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> it's, <laughs> there's no shortage of weird stuff coming out of Japan, and yeah. there's no shortage of weird stuff in the world of table tennis. Like yeah. I. People ask me sometimes, like, what what do you talk about on your podcast? It's like, well, we talk about the news, we talk about tips, and I have a coaching corner, and then we have a weird world of table tennis. It's yeah. like my favorite part. And table tennis food. Yeah, table tennis food. <laughs> like, there's just I don't know. There seems like there's always something going on. Like, yeah. it's yeah. This is definitely something pretty weird, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, that is our podcast. Let's talk about upcoming events. Um, yeah, so upcoming events, we have the Hungarian Open on uh, February 18th to the 23rd. We have the Africa Top 16 Cup, um, which will call, qualify the winner to the World Cup uh, at the end of the year, yeah. and that's February 24th to the 26th. Uh, the Olympic Team Trials is February 27th of this month going to March 1st of next month, so um, next month, uh, next podcast, um, we'll have a full rundown of the Olympic trials for sure. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'll have made the team, but it'll be, it'll be a long shot, but we'll see. Good luck, um, man. Thanks. Yeah. Did they, uh, have they talked about if they're going to live stream that at all? Um, I'm sure that it will be, okay. it'll probably be on usattt.com. Uh, yeah. Um, if I had to guess it might be on YouTube. Uh, USATT, I believe they also have a YouTube channel, which is where they live stream the, maybe the US Open from. Yeah. And there'll probably be links on USATT.com to go to their yep. YouTube channel for the Olympic trials. If, um, if we get information on that, I'll, we'll post it on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the, the cutter open is on March 3rd through the 8th. So that'll cool. be right before our next podcast. We, it might still be going on when we record um, yeah. Yeah. And both of those, the Cutter Open and the Hungarian Open are both platinum events. So that should be. Oh, wow. Okay. Really so those awesome. are big, big time tournaments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then a little update. Uh, Hugo Calderano has been playing as we've been doing this. <laughs> so he's he's up three games to one against Marcello from Paraguay. So, and he's up in the four, fifth. So he'll probably be in the finals yeah. in just a little bit against his Brazilian teammate. <laughs> All Brazil final. Yeah. Cup. Um, Man, that's that's why I think it would be so cool to do and like a Pan Am League, because Brazil's so strong. But I feel like um, like I want the U.S. players to play Brazil more often it, to like improve the U.S. players. Yeah, and Mexico has a couple of really good players, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Puerto Rico has a couple of really good players, especially oh, on the yeah. women's side. Um, and I mean. Paraguay, I mean, this kid, he's playing, uh, he's playing Hugo Calderano right now is, I mean, the first two games were 11-9, 11-9, then he won the third. And then, Dang. so it's, I mean, it's a pretty close match. Um, so lots of good players all around North and yeah. South America. And Canada has a ton of really good players too. We didn't yeah. even talk about Canada. So um, yeah, that'd be cool. 
North American or just American League. Make it happen, people. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening to our February podcast episode, and uh, we will see you next month. Yep. See you next month. Table Tennis Talk is a monthly podcast by Joey Cochran and Ryan Lewis, edited by Ryan Lewis. Music on the podcast comes from Chill Hop Records. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us questions on our Facebook page at Table Tennis Talk Podcast or on Twitter at TT Talk Podcast.